Hi Versus listeners! Before we begin the show today, I just wanted to let you know there's even more Versus out there if you're an Intelligence Squared member. Become a member of Intelligence Squared and you can receive early episodes of Versus and listen ad-free too. Visit intelligencesquared.com forward slash membership to join. Apple listeners sign up via the podcast app. Hello and welcome to Versus, the podcast that finally settles the little debates that are always a big deal to someone. I'm Coco Khan and this week our someones are Anya Maliano and Poppy Damon, two storytellers for whom wit, timing and maybe the odd plot twist is the name of the game. Anna Maliano is a comedian whose recent show, Absolutely No Worries If Not, was a sellout hit at the Edinburgh Fringe. She's also one of the writers behind Amelia de Moldenberg's much-loved Chicken Shop Date. And she's the co-host of If It Is To Be Said, a podcast all about the TV show Succession. Poppy Damon is a journalist, crime podcaster and screenwriter whose audio CV includes Suicide, a podcast about people who fake their own deaths, and the upcoming Agatha Christie and the Dandelion Poisoner. Anya and Poppy are going stand to stand this week on two heavyweight TV dramas, both of which use satirical comedy to explore privilege, the lives of the super rich and some beautiful bougie beach resorts too. It's Succession versus The White Lotus. Who knows? White Lotus season three, it could be a pile of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry that's an incredibly dirty tactic to use and also if Mike White is listening I would love to self-tape for it but what I do think about Succession is that it shows the power of like a writer's room and it made me feel things so intensely I personally think White Lotus has more diverse types of comedy it's got those sort of throwaway improv lines Succession he is clearly a genius but it's kind of one note a little bit if we're playing the game because I love it And remember, which show reigns supreme is up to you, the listeners. After each episode drops, we open up the polls for you to vote on our website. We'll announce the winner in next week's episode. And of course, we have a little unfinished business from last week. Arsenal versus Spurs. Football broadcasters Harry Simeou and Kate Mason joined us to settle the North London derby and talk it up for their respective home turfs last week. You voted, we heard you, and the result as we went to air was yet another win for Arsenal, with a vote win of 56% to 44%. Well done, Harry and the Gunners, but Tottenham, we know there's always another rematch around the corner. Now, back to today's episode, Succession versus White Lotus. Just need to warn everyone, there are going to be spoilers. So if you haven't yet completed the seasons, you may want to do that before listening to this fabulous episode. And of course, before we get into it and hear from our expert guests, I want to crunch some facts. It's time again for another helping of the snack that educates as well as satiates. It's fill your boots time. It's Coco's Crunch. Succession, the drama that focuses on media mogul Logan Roy and his power-hungry, yet strangely inept children set to inherit his global media empire. It first hit our screens in 2018, and the show has become cultural shorthand for many of the debates that define our times, ranging from the power of the mega-rich to Nepo babies. Succession borrows some of its comedy DNA from a real thoroughbred, Peep Show. Succession creator Jesse Armstrong wrote for both, but fans nonetheless had to say goodbye to the Roys and Succession in early 2023 after four fabulously successful seasons. The White Lotus first appeared in 2021. It follows a rotating cast of interwoven players all bound by their arrival at the White Lotus hotel chain. Season one took us to Hawaii. Season two finds us in Sicily. Dead bodies, how they got there, frames both tales. Another recurring arc across both seasons is Jennifer Coolidge, who as one of the few characters to be retained across both 
both seasons has become a fan favorite. In a TV show set across beach resorts where the sun is always shining, the White Lotus manages to shine a light on the darker parts of our obsession with the good life too. Coco's Crunch. So, Anya Meliano, you're repping Succession. Why are the Roys your favourite family that aren't your own? The Roys are my favourite family. Obviously not because I would ever want to be involved in any of their mess, but mainly just because I do feel like they're a family and I do feel like they're a family that I know and I feel like they're a family whose gossip I'm hooked on and I'm being fed secondhand and that's obviously the dream with any TV show. I just want it to make me feel like I'm getting all the gossip secondhand. And I guess what I'm actually saying by that is that I feel like they're really real people. And over the four series, every single character has been on such a journey. And the journeys have been like Shakespearean in their scope. And they've been so realistic that I think about them all like real people. Like on on the day after the last episode, I went to sleep thinking about it. And I woke up thinking about it. And I was like, this is so mad because they're fictional. (laughs) You've sort of painted a really vivid picture there of a TV show that stays with you. Yeah. Um, Poppy, let's bring you in here. I know that you're actually a fan of Succession, but you have put the White Lotus on the top spot. So what is it about a hotel chain that should be everyone's first rather than their last resort? Well, look, as as you said, I, I just need to caveat this by saying, you know, both are about privilege and exploitation. Both have been described as kind of white wealth satires and both are utterly hilarious. But I do think White Lotus has the edge and partly that's because I think you get a chance to see not just a family that's filthy rich that we kind of don't have access to and in a way preaching to the converted as a liberal audience we we kind of want to hate that type of family already but I think White Lotus forces you to be more introspective it reflects more classes you saw you see the people who work at the hotel who you kind of completely fall in love with you see the middle class families um, who though privileged kind of you know often are trying to check themselves in this very kind of cringy way and I think that that introspection I think is really clever to squeeze into quite a broad show that appeals to a mass audience um, and that's why I really like it and similar to what you're saying I think Yes, I love watching the Roys kind of outwit each other. But I think there's so many characters in White Lotus to fall in love with as well that you end up thinking, um, God, I've been at a dinner party or I've hung out with friends and they've sort of been on that line of saying the wrong thing, of maybe not not really realising their own privilege. And that's what makes it sort of so compelling to watch. Interesting. It's, uh, the thing that stood out to me in what you were saying there was about the wide range of characters. It's not just only focused on these kind of white, wealthy stories. Do you feel that maybe the minor characters in Succession deserve more praise? I wouldn't go Tom and Greg. I feel like they're main oh, characters. Oh, no, they're definitely, <laughs> yeah. they're definitely not main characters anymore. It's got to be Marsha. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Marsha. Okay, Marsha's one. Um, is Willa one? Yes, Willa is mm. one. And Willa is one of the best characters. She's so, she's so good. But yeah, I, I, I also want to caveat by saying I love the White Lotus. And God, this debate is, you know, is tearing me up to, to have to have this debate in the first place. <laughs> it's Sophie's choice. I know, exactly. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is very hard for me. And I do think that I see that the White Lotus has like a slightly broader scope of characters. But... I think like in terms of like the hotel staff and and stuff, I guess you kind of see like one or two members of staff. But I think in succession, successions, maybe like the way that they do that is that they have like all the different characters trying to climb up the ranks. And it's definitely not like a broad chunk of society. And like in one of the last episodes, I think maybe the last episode we find out that 
cousin Greg, who is presumably towards the bottom of the ladder, is still being played like 200 grand a year. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of, that's the uh, the lower end of the scale. But I think about the end of maybe season two, I think it was, where we see Shiv like convince a woman to not sort of speak out about what's happened to her. Um, and I think the way we see the like main characters, the like top of the pecking order characters interact with some of those lower characters shows like an awareness about what they're doing that's like quite unique and evil. Like I think there are those moments where Kendall is like, oh, I'm saying something stupid, like I'm trying to rap because I'm cringe. But like there's another element to it which isn't all just about cringe. It's about like being quite ruthless because of what they want. But I think the thing is, the, the issue with succession is you don't really see the consequences of their actions. Even when they manage to force an election's hand, a fascist is in power, you see sort of the textured background of people rioting. But the sort of point is they're completely unaffected. Mm. Whereas I think you see the flinch on the face of the microaggressions in White Lotus, but you also see literally how money moving into somewhere like Hawaii has massively decimated the local communities and what that means for them through the character of Kai. So I think that's the thing that feels a little bit more able to touch um, and able to reach. There is something else I want to say as a caveat, and I know we hate caveats, but I did used to work uh, at the time. So I was I was part of Murdoch Media, but I just want to say no NDA has forced my hand in taking this side. Um, <laughs> but I, I definitely think if you've worked in any kind of uh, media organization associated with the Murdochs, it's super interesting um, seeing how that sort of truth has come into to life um yeah that just wanted to say that <laughs> yeah no people do say that succession's portrayal of the ultra wealthy is spot on could we say the same thing about the characters in the white lotus I think so, because as I say, I think it's quite clever. I mean, you have Tanya's character, who's a kind of heiress. She's completely out of touch. She's, you know, she is the kind of private jet class. But you also have a middle class family. This is their big family holiday. You know, they're, they're still very wealthy and still in the 1%. But you also have a struggling journalist who's married into wealth um, played out. And I, I mean... I don't know if I interact with those people that often, but I think the things that they pick up on, the little ways in which they think about things and their values is quite well done. Um, I often think it's similar to um, the kind of like guess who's coming to dinner framing, which is obviously a movie in which a liberal family uh, during the civil rights movement, Sidney Poitier comes to dinner and uh, they say, oh, we're all for civil rights, but we don't want you to be with a black person, but just not our family. And I think that's what White Lotus touches on quite well. I think all the characters think they're kind of good guys. They don't just simply have the villainous wealthy boyfriend, for example, a husband who's just a jerk. There's moments where you sort of feel sorry for him. His entitlement isn't completely unlimited. We'll be back after this. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course. Present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now... 
You're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. All our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. I want to bring you in here, Anya, because something that comes up a lot when people talk about succession is likability. And so you have one strand of fan that is like, oh, they're all detestable, but that's real life. And in a way, that's what you like. And then you have other people that say, actually, you do kind of like them, even though they're problematic. And that's really difficult. I wonder if likability is a value that even matters in writing. And also, how do you feel about the likability of the characters? Yeah, so 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 my, my parents, my mum and my stepdad, are the sort of people who who watch Succession and go, God, they're all so mean. And and I watch it and I go, God, they're all so funny. <laughs> um, so, so I don't think it, it bothers me too much. And I find maybe as someone who's uh, A, in therapy and B, had a childhood, I like that we see those moments of like, oh, this all comes back to their childhood and their relationship with their dad. And it's and it's such a sort of clear, like psychoanalytical journey that they've all been on that I think really comes to a head in this most recent season. I don't know if that contributes to their likability as much as it does just being able to understand them more as characters, not in a way where you go, oh, that means every decision you've made is perfect. But I think I, I definitely agree that in the White Lotus, like snapshots of what you see, you understand those are like people who exist in the world and it feels really real. And I think a lot of the humor in White Lotus comes from how accurate a satire it is of people like when they talk about watching Ted Lasso. And that's and that's the thing they agree on is like their middle ground of TV show. Um, you see that snapshot and that snapshot feels like very real as a snapshot of a sort of way people talk. But I think for me, Succession was like a snapshot of the way people are in a kind of more fundamental sense. I think it's a really good question. And when I'm writing stuff myself, I always worry about this because you're always like, do I need the, they in script writing, they call like the save the cat moment. Like, do you need your character to do something actually good? If they're just a jerk all the time, you know, is anyone going to get in a care? Um, And I have to say for me, Succession, a little bit suffers from that, just in the sense that ultimately like, the it's it's them wrangling for the hot spot and they're shitty to each other and at different stages you think one person's shittier than the other but that's what's quite hard to feel like the there's a kind of engine that drives it through I'm, I'm like oh no it's going to be this person I'm like actually if it's Shiv or Kendall it's they're kind of interchangeable and that's sort of the point which makes it super clever but I find in White Lotus there were more characters with like heartbreaking moments that I really felt in my guts where I really do go oh gosh I'm so sorry that that happened and I've been that person and that whereas you're right I think we understand the psychological reasons that the Roy children are so disturbed but it doesn't necessarily make me feel like my heart break for them maybe a few moments when um uh Roman you realize the kind of level of abuse he suffered I definitely feel that in my guts but I would say I feel it more in White Lotus one thing I would love to ask you is do you think sometimes succession is quite hard to follow and I and, you know, like sometimes the the pleasure in it is just that amazing Jesse Armstrong dialogue. But you do have to let the details wash over because otherwise you have to like, you're like, wait, so this is the 476 deal going, you know, is that how you watch it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm I'm one of the stupidest <laughs> people who watch Succession. Like I find it so hard to follow. And me and my friend do a podcast about it, which sort of prided itself on focusing on 
like being succession for people who don't sort of understand <laughs> succession. I, I may say some people did not like that about that <laughs> podcast. They wanted higher, they wanted higher brow stuff and we were not prepared to give it to them. Um, I, I also used to watch it when I lived with one of my flatmates. He basically was able to get the business side of things much quicker than me. Mm. And so we'd watch an episode and then at the end I'd turn to him and he'd be like, God, I can't believe they're making that deal. And I'd be like, yeah, what, 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 what deal? <laughs> what deal was that? And plots of the, of the business side of things would just go over my head. But in this debate, I will chalk that up as, look, it's just another reason to rewatch it, <laughs> to understand the nuance of the, the business side of things. So actually, yeah, rewatching. Have you both rewatched the respective seasons? What was it like on the second go? I've rewatched Succession apart from the most recent season and I've rewatched White Lotus season two. And I think both of them brought more to the surface with the rewatching. Like they're, they're really rewatchable mm. in, especially in like the terms of when there's sort of a, tw a twist or, 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 or everything comes to a head and then you can watch them lay the bones down in the previous episodes to get you to that place. I don't think lay the bones down is a phrase, but <laughs> I hope that's okay. I got it. Yeah, I'm going to take that on, lay the bones down. But I think um, I've also rewatched and I think with Succession, it helps you just literally understand what the hell is going on. I definitely think, for example, season one, it's quite a tuning in to a particular energy and to, and to sort of what the characters are doing and it's now you know the ending it's fun to revisit and see like how that's planted early on and like what misdirections there are and similar with white lotus i think you're very focused on working out who might have been killed and in a second viewing you get to really just relish in those characters and little throwaway lines actually mike white had moments of improv in white lotus so one line that kind of went viral was tanya's going on a motorbike she's this heiress um she's dressed up all in pink and the hotel worker is taking a photograph and she says, who do I look like? And she says, Peppa Pig. <laughs> and this, like, apparently the crew just completely lost it and, like, could not stop laughing. And there's this great moment with the actress is interviewed and she's like, oh, my God, did that make it in? That was just a total silly line. Um, and I, I, I kind of think that knowing that and going back through, you kind of really appreciate some of the dialogue and its naturalism in those moments. Um, I did also, that reminded me that I think both are amazingly memeable and it's been really interesting as two shows that kind of know how to harness the internet and mm. almost a script writing for the internet. Because like rewatching both of them, there's just bits you're like, oh my God, that's like a gif that I want to use. Like, I don't know how to do that, but I want someone to make that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many of my friends who are queer change their profile pictures to these are some high-end gays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So many of them. It was and obviously, No Context Succession is one of the best Instagram feeds uh, around. Yeah, <laughs> just iconic. Um, what show's funnier? I personally think White Lotus has more diverse types of comedy. I think there are moments of like cringe. Oh my God, they've walked in on someone having sex. This is like, and then they're really shocked. It's got those sort of, I can't believe that they just said that. It's got those sort of throwaway improv lines. Well, Succession is, he is clearly a genius and he writes that very like, I'm going to fuck you up, put your eyeballs up your ass or whatever. But is it, it's it's kind of one note a little bit if we're playing the game, because I love it. But it's a little bit the same. Thing. Well, I would say um, <laughs> that I think that's true of the kind of characters like Shiv and Roman. I think their humour is quite like <laughs> that. But I think you get the laughing at Kendall 
which also very quickly for me turns into crying because I find it oh, so hard to watch. Do you mean watch. the birthday scene? Um, I mean yeah. the birthday scene and just any time he's like trying to do anything <laughs> to raise his status. But I think the funniest scenes are Greg and Tom and I think they are like a, an all-time classic comedy duo. And speaking of like improvising lines, I got sent from God a TikTok about succession, um, which was like a clip of a scene and then a, a sort of rolling look at the script and you could see which lines were improvised and mm. Greg improvised some like really funny lines. It's a scene where they're on a cruise ship and they're decide on, on a yacht and they're deciding who to throw under the bus for the cruise ship fiasco and Roman suggests throwing Greg under the bus and he just goes, well, you're not a very nice man. And you can just see that's not in the script. <laughs> that's so funny. It's, it's great. <laughs> I know what you mean. And I, look, great. Greg and Tom, you're right. They give that almost like light relief at time as this kind of odd couple. But mm. I still think Tom is quite often, um, he's almost using the language of those guys and he beca- he uses that on Greg. So it's this really like abusive tone that makes for me a little bit less bingeable because I'm sort of like, I need mm. to have it in its portioned out morsels because I'm like, it's kind of an assault on the eyes and ears, which is great. But it's it's I'm not like belly laughing as much. I'm more like that is witty. Anya, what's the worst thing about White Lotus? Like, what is what did it fail miserably at? White Lotus like didn't make me cry. It didn't make me feel like strong sad emotions. And it even though a character dies, which is like obviously a huge plot point, even when there's that amazing scene where she died, I was like, this is I was like jaw open but I was not crying and I was not my heart was not like squeezed Mm. um after Logan dies I wept through that whole episode I was like shaken for the whole week and for the following episode and the funeral and what made you cry a horrible evil mogul died what was sad about it I guess it was it's the it's the children's reaction and it was the way they did it and that's the point. I cried at an <laughs> evil person dying. That's how well written it was. Whereas I didn't cry at Tanya, who's a likable character dying. But I don't think you're meant to cry at Tanya dying because that is a like, even, you know, that even in the moment she like couldn't really get herself off the boat because she's so used to this life of privilege. I think the moments that I felt really emotional was seeing the way that Belinda is treated by Tanya and that her dreams are dashed just in a whim when Tanya doesn't feel like actually fulfilling on the goods of fulfilling the business or moments when you realize that Kai has gone to jail and that these girls, it's just been a holiday fling and off they go back to America. Those moments really left me quite like devastated for that sort of real life injustice that happens all the time. Whereas I didn't feel, I sort of was like waiting for Logan to die because it was the whole, you know, the whole thing. So Mm. But I feel like those most of those moments that you spoke about like are in season one. Do you think season two had any of those moments? Because for me, I felt like the kind of subplots of Tanya's assistant and that Portia. Like, they weren't quite... Mm, mm-hmm. Portia, yes, yeah. I, it didn't feel like any of those went to the same lengths as in season one. I'll tell you the one that did choke me up is the hotelier... Oh, I should know her name, but she the queer love story that she was kind of unrequited. And then the moment where you just see her like well up and realize that he, she's engaged to someone else. And that's why she is the way she is. I think maybe anyone who has a, has a swap spot for unrequited queer love stories like me, who has been there. That was a bit like, Oh, that, that really hit. I agree though. I think there was probably more emotional moments in season one, but I think for me, 
as I say, overall, it's for me, it's succession really never hits those sad lows. It's it's more like a it's an intellectual experience, not a heart experience. Well, not even not even Roman when he's like, oh, his dad in there. Can we get him out? Like that that was that was that was painful. Am I going to sound really horrible? I was like, yeah, obviously that's really awful. But you've seen Roman be so cruel to people that actually it was more like a pitying thing. I was just like this guy who's just unable to to deliver this thing after being such a hot shot, being so rude to everyone, I felt pity more than tragedy. I kind of alluded to this before, but I do worry sometimes with succession that these are figures we already think are bad people, like the kind of big media families that exist and uh, have a have way too much power in our political landscape and, you know, a huge amount of privilege and what have you. And I wonder if anything, any minds were shifted watching that show. Like, I don't know that I was left that thinking... Oh God, yeah, we should really get a handle on on media control in a way that I hadn't already believed. Whereas I do think I left the White Lotus thinking, you know what, I'm a garden reading card card carrying lefty, but I might go on a holiday and not really think very much about what the consequence of my travel is overseas or the consequence of me using my wealth and privilege to jaunt around the world. Interesting, interesting. Um, so something that I was looking at on Twitter after the final episode of Succession was that a lots of young people who are on the internet were like, yes, queen, for the Shiv Roy. And I had this moment being like, oh no, something's gone wrong. The young people who are meant to be, you know, have great ethics and be radical, they're like, yes, queening. And I have heard both theme tunes in a club. Really? They both, both they of them? both raised the roof. I've played both of them at my birthday parties <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. And, and what, what got people bopping the most, do you think? Well, it's hard to tell because they were different years, <laughs> you know, different years. And they were at the appropriate times. I don't know what, what, raised it more in the club well, i mean the one that was the white lotus season two was they they pretty much just played that yeah whereas the, the succession one had a like a, a remix yeah um, so to be sort of uh club appropriate but you know what i mean like the fact that people can even just hear the beginnings of it and and have that feeling and all those emotions come through but if you look at nicholas Brattel, who's the composer and the way he talks about composing it it's like so thoroughly composed to like bring in different elements of the show and there's lots of merging like classical with like more like hip-hoppy stuff and I think it's really interesting that the thought behind it I think has really like permeated into the sound and like there's a reason that people like that sound and I also think if it's like general soundtrack then you've got to include Kendall's rap, L to the yes. OG, which is an incredibly special piece of music. Again, I think if someone at Glastonbury did L to the OG, I think it would raise the riff. I think people would go lose yeah, their minds. People lose their minds, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, look, I could talk to you about this all day, but we do have to go to closing arguments. The last opportunity to steal the crown. Poppy, let's start with you. Why is White Lotus the ultimate satire of these two TV behemoths? White Lotus is a very clever show with an amazing ensemble cast. It explores gender, race, sex and exploitation in all its fronts from microaggressions to death, murder and people getting away with it. I think it's Mike White showing himself to be an absolute talent from the School of Rock to now. What a legend. And uh, I can't wait for the next season and I hope that Jennifer Coolidge is brought back from the dead. Anya, before we throw this one out to the masses, is there anything you want listeners to know about why Succession is the family drama to end all family dramas? 
Well, that's it. I think it is a family drama and you get every inch of this family. You get to examine it and unpick it. And then that's done incredibly and it's set against this backdrop of power. And we've seen all four seasons. We know all four seasons are good. Who knows? White Lotus season three, it could be a pile of shit. <laughs> that's a re- sorry, I'm sorry. That's an incredibly dirty tactic to use. And also if Mike White is listening... I would love to self-tape for it. Um, But what I do think about Succession is that it also shows, we haven't really spoken about it, but like the power of like a writer's room and like having multiple minds on it. And I think the show goes to so many interesting places and it feels like it has multiple like authorial voices in it. And I think that's really special. Um, And it made me feel things so intensely. And that's why I love it. Thank you so much, Poppy Damon, and thank you so much, Anya Meliano. We will have to leave it there. One more reminder to you, our listeners, you decide. If you want to vote on whether Succession or The White Lotus won this battle, then go to intelligencesquared.com forward slash versus, that's V-S, or click the link in the podcast description to cast your vote. The poll is open and the winner will be announced in next week's episode. We would also love to hear from you on what topics we should debate next. Email any suggestions to verses at intelligencesquared.com or tweet us at intelligence2. You've been listening to Verses, a podcast by Intelligence Squared. I'm your host, Coco Khan. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Hall. The executive producer was Farah Jassat. Thanks for listening. 